Good morning, Delaware. I hope you had a good week, and we're looking forward to a very busy week here in Del- or weekend here in Delaware County. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend. And I have to tell you, when I was a kid on the Mickey Mouse Club, there used to be a day that was set aside as Anything Can Happen Day. And you never knew what was going to be on the show that day. Well, this is, could be our Anything Can Happen Day for uh, Off the Shelf because my guest host today is Molly Myers-Levady. I'm back! <laughs> and you'll also be back next week. Uh, I know you're already scheduled as our guest next week. So. I am because we're going to talk about Outlander. I think I may be late that day. No, you're not. No, I, actually I may because I'm speaking to the Dublin Rotary Club really? on Friday morning next week at uh, 7.30. So. Don't worry. Remember, <laughs> this show replays on Sundays. That. Does you have to be here? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Our guest today is Kellen Freeman, who is the technology training specialist for the Delaware County District Library. Good morning, Kellen. Good morning, George. And how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Thank you. Uh, I just before we get started, I want to congratulate the winners of the Buckeye Children's and Teen Book Award that w- yes. who were announced this week. Grades K through 12. The winner was Happy Narwhala Days, a Narwhal and Jelly book number five by Ben Clinton. If you've never seen the Narwhal and Jelly books, they are so funny. I just gave them to my niece, who is a huge, or my goddaughter, who's a huge Narwhal fan, and her eyes just glittered. It yep. was wonderful. So, uh, yeah, this was the first time. You, if you're a series book, you can only win once. So this is book number five for for Ben Clanton, mm-hmm. but I'm sure if they could, he would win over and over again. Uh, grades three through five, the winner was The One and Only Bob by Catherine oh, Applegate. That one made me cry. We have that one in Spanish as well as in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, Words on Fire was for grades six through eight by Jennifer Nielsen. And the teen book was The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Now, I checked online. We've got all of these in multiple formats. Mm-hmm. They're available as audiobooks. They're available uh, as ebooks, And they are also available, of course, as traditional paper books. So if you look online, uh, you can find those in our catalog. So, again, congratulations to the Buckeye Children's and Teen Book Awards. The nice thing about these awards is they are actually voted on by the kids for whom the books are intended. I always my problem with the Caldecott, the Newberry, the Coretta Scott King was there are always books that are beautiful, but it seems mm-hmm. like they're books that adults think kids should like. Yes, and there are so many rules that are associated that people don't realize to win. You know, mm-hmm. Caldecott, Newberry, like when something different happens, it's shocking. Like when Syndac's older, you know, chapter book won because of illustrations, it was shocking. Yeah. So. You never know what's going to happen with them. That's true. All right. So, uh, Mally, I know you've got a book with a really silly title. I, it is not a silly title. Murder, She Knit, A Knit and Nibble Mystery. It's the newest of my new cozy mystery obsessions. Um, this is a wonderful story. So if you haven't tuned in when I've been on the show, I love knitting and I love cozy mysteries and I love cats. So this is the story of Pamela Patterson and she lives in one of those idyllic towns it's a university town where you can walk everywhere pick up your groceries she's retired her daughter's in college she's got a kitten that keeps running up onto her porch demanding food and running away she also runs the local knitting club with a crew of interesting characters in it and i I get the feeling that this is like how you see your future this is so how i see my future including the murders So she is hosting with her apple pie um, cake that she's got ready, which there is a recipe for in the back. And when the knit club comes over, she has invited a new member who was someone who helped her years ago with the death of her husband. She really had been there. She had just moved back to town and was trying to fit back in. Sorry, Lloyd. I didn't know she was a widow. (laughs) Yeah. Future. Um, (laughs) 
Sorry, I love Lloyd. No, don't worry about it. You're fine, honey. Um, so she's hosting the dinner, and her guest doesn't show up and doesn't show up. And after everybody leaves, the kitten shows back up, but it's knocked its food dish where she can't find it. So she goes to look in the bushes, and lo and behold, there is the missing guest with a knitting needle, metal knitting needle sticking out of her chest. Oh, my. And then in pure Angela Lansbury fashion, <laughs> she keeps putting herself in extremely dangerous positions. She finds multiple more bodies and um, pretty much gets uh, rudely into the grieving family's business. So the mystery, of course, is going to be solved, but I can't wait to see how many different knitting implements can be used to murder people. I can see using a really good yarn as a garret. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, have you ever seen rounded needles that have the, oh, the yeah. thing? Oh, I've mm. always wondered. They never get taken away from me on a plane. And I'm always <laughs> sitting there like, I think these are dangerous. You take my metal needles. So <laughs> I know what I can and cannot fly with. Okay, yes. All right. Well, again, give us the title and the author again, please. This is Murder, She Knit by Peggy Earhart. Okay, great. Kellen, I know your interests are varied and diverse, and so what have you been into lately? Uh, so anybody who has Disney Plus has noticed that the new Hawkeye show has <gasps> yes! started on there. Uh, and it is based off of a comic run that I read years ago and started reading yes! again. Uh, so it's based on the Hawkeye run from 2012 to 2015, um, written by Matt Fraction and hmm. artist David Aja, uh, called My Life is a Weapon. Yes. Uh the Hawkeye in the comic is a different Hawkeye than the one that we have in the movies, but it's very much based on it. Kate Bishop shows up. Pizza Dog is there. Mm -hmm. The tracksuit mafia is around. I love the tracksuit mafia. <laughs> uh, it, it's all the shenanigans that Hawkeye gets into as when he's not being an Avenger. And, okay. Uh, and Matt Fraction can write a story. He's one of my favorites. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. look at that. We yeah. share something. Yeah. He <laughs> and uh, Tom King yes. are both up there when it comes to like mm -hmm. superhero comics. For me and uh these are all on hoopla i know we have the print copies as well but i imagine they're probably all checked out right now with the popularity of the show so uh they are available ready to get on hoopla great mm -hmm. so I, I have to say though i've been on disney plus a lot this week but it's been for the the beatles get back so mm -hmm. uh you know, just different generation. But I remember uh -huh. the original Hawkeye back in DC Comics back in the 60s. So yes, there was a uh, there was a video I saw this week about um from the jam session where they where they figured out get back. Yes, and they're just kind of like mm -hmm. sitting there, and Paul's kind of mumbling to himself and just fumbling through stuff, and then it it eases into it, and you can hear it coming into form. And pretty neat. It is amazing to watch the, uh, the the creative process during this movie. It is unbelievable watching them come together on the different songs and seeing how the different people who are in the studio with them influence what's going on. And then when Billy Preston comes in and he just basically wandered in to say hello because he'd been friends of theirs years ago, and they put him on the keyboard, and all of a sudden it takes off. It is just that that one extra catalyst makes the album take off. It is it's fascinating. It really is. And also, I had seen Let It Be when it first came out back in the early '70s, and it was so depressing because all it focused on was the anger and the and the, the mm -hmm. bad feelings that were going on between John and Paul. This shows the whole picture. So you see they're laughing, they're talking, they're, they're, they're doing all these kinds of things that you, you saw in think, movies like Hard Day's Night, where they're, they're friendly, they're teasing each other, they're playing and having fun. While they still are, there are bad feelings. I mean, George Harrison just walks away and says, you know, go, go call Eric Clapton. 
<laughs> so uh, it's, I hear it's, Yoko looks better in this too. Yoko like looks it gives much her story yes. a lot more depth. It does, and it also shows that Paul McCartney really had no antagonism towards her. He, yeah. he other people did, and he was saying, "No, they're in love. They want to be together. Don't, we'd be stupid to get in the way of that." Yeah. So yeah. it's it's really interesting. So anyway, that's a total side thing because that's not what I want to talk about. <laughs> what I want to talk about is an author who a friend of mine has been recommending to me for years. He puts it in his Christmas letter every year, and I've always ignored it. But I was at the Friends book sale back at, at Orange last month and found a three-pack of Louise Perry's uh, – I'm sorry. I said Louise Perry. I believe it's Louise – yeah, Louise Penny. Penny uh, her, her Inspector Gamache books. And so the first one is called Still Life, and it was published in 2005. This is the first of 17 books so far that star Armand Gamache, who is the chief homicide inspector for the Sûreté de Québec, which is sort of like the FBI for Quebec. Um, and it's the first of 14 of these novels that are set in the bucolic but apparently homicidal village of Three Pines, Quebec. Now, I was really concerned when I saw that there were all these novels and because I really can't stand Cabot Cove. I really can't stand that, that, that whole thing where you get a small town where there's all these murders that happen. You think, if I was living in a town of 400 people and you know one was getting murdered every week or every year, I'd probably move to another town. I'd solve them all. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you would. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my friend who has been a, a fan of Louise Penny's from the very beginning has uh, told me it's nothing like those. That there's connections to the town, but they don't all, they're all, they don't all happen there. Um, basically, this is the town where Gamache goes to kind of re- restore himself. So anyway, in this one, uh, Still Life sets us up with the, an introduction to Inspector Gamache and his trusted second-in-command, Jean-Guy Beauvoir, uh, Garmash is a, he's kind of a Poirot-like figure. He's got remarkable powers of observation and a deep understanding of the human psyche. Uh, in this one, Jane Neal, a retired teacher, is found dead in the woods behind her home in Three Pines. And surprisingly enough, since we were just talking about Hawkeye and knitting needles, she's, she's killed with an arrow. <laughs> a hunting arrow, as a matter of fact. Uh, at first, everybody thinks it's an accident because it's, right, it's in hunting season. It's, it's around uh, Canadian Thanksgiving, which is the first Monday in October. Um, and everybody just thinks it's sort of a tragic accident. But if it was an accident, why has the fatal arrow disappeared? And why has the careless but innocent hunter not come forward? And why was Jane's dog, who never left her side, back at the house and not with her? And finally... Was her death somehow tangled up with the painting that Jane had just had accepted in the Fall Arts Festival? Ooh. So uh, we go from there. Inspector Gamache is a Quebecois. He's a francophone who frequently finds himself at a loss to understand the ways of the English-speaking Quebecers around him. But he'll not let the language or cultural differences get in the way of his, uh, his investigation. So... The, the interesting thing about this is Louise Penny has created this vivid and fascinating community in Three Pines. It's very close to the U.S. border, but the Three Pines are actually a symbol of Quebec nationalism. Hmm. The, the Three Pines were to, t- to help people who were escaping from the U.S. Revolution, the American Revolution, realize they're back in British territory. So those Three Pines were like a welcome sign to people who are trying to, to the Tories in the, in the U.S., what would become the U.S., who wanted to escape from the Revolution. So, and they're very proud of that, that tradition. Um, it's, uh, its citizens are a really interestingly diverse lot, including Myrna, who is the African-Canadian who runs the, the bookstore, Olivier and Gabri, the couple who run the inn and the bed and breakfast, Ruth Zardo, who is an embittered old woman, but who also happens to be one of Canada's leading poets, um, and Clara and Peter Morrow, who are well-respected artists and Jane's close friends. I just, 
these are literary mysteries. These are, are in the in the kind of the tradition of Raymond Chandler or uh, P.D. James, people like that. So I'm going to do something I don't usually do, but I got enough time here. I just want to read one paragraph from the book. I'm already going to guess who's who did it. I think it's the Morrows. Uh, I didn't say necessarily. There's another. There are other characters I haven't mentioned. Oh yeah, but I'm ready. No, you, <laughs> you, you. I'm not saying a word because you, you told me you only talk about the first quarter of the book when I you do. do a book talk. So I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> you shouldn't. I don't intend to. Uh, all right. So this is a this is early in the book, and this is how Inspector Gamache's thought process works. Armand Gamache sat on the bench watching the birds, but mostly watching the village. Before his eyes, the village of Three Pines seemed to slow right down. The insistence of life, the bustle and energy became muffled. The voices dropped, gates slowed. Gamache sat back and did what he did best. He watched. He took in the people, their faces, their actions, and where possible, he took in what they said. Though people stayed far enough away from his wooden bench on the grass that he couldn't hear much. He noticed who touched and who didn't, who hugged and who shook hands. He noticed who had red eyes and who gave the appearance of business as usual. Ooh, I like it. Yes, and he sits on that bench several times in the book. It's very, very well written. So again, this is Louise Penny, Still Life. I actually think I'm going to work my way through those 17 novels, so you'll be hearing more about that over the coming months uh, on this show. But uh, for now, we need to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about the new structure for our games. And I'm not talking video games here at the library. We're talking board games, so stay tuned. Those are the dulcet tones of Gage Tellis, <laughs> who is our engineer, host, and all-around good guy here at uh, WDLR. Thank you, uh, Gage. We really appreciate it. Sure. I also have to say, but before we go any further, we have a big bargain media sale so coming from big. the Friends Library. We have so many CDs, DVDs, recorded books, playaways, all sorts of wonderful media that are going to be available tomorrow for one day only, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., and if you're listening on Sunday, you blew it. Anyway, yeah. on Saturday, 9 to 2, in the lobby and in the community room of the uh, Orange Branch Library, there are things that have never been opened. So if you need a, yeah. a surprise gift for somebody, but lots of really good, uh, relatively recent movies, um, CD, uh, lots of CDs, lots of uh, books and everything. So make sure you stop by. The prices are great. A buck a piece. You can't yeah. go wrong with that price. Get ready for your road trips. You're going to have, you don't have to worry about due dates. You don't have to worry about the, you know, audio getting returned. Get ready to go. And you're really helping the Friends of the Library mm-hmm. with them because that's their biggest fundraiser is selling books and, and media. So we look forward to seeing you there. Uh, and also don't forget that we are the place mm-hmm. where the uh, event on Monday, on Saturday starts at the library. That is the Dash for Dash, the Dash for Dasher. Oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> oh, my eye teeth, or my tongue went over my eye teeth. I can't see what I'm saying. Anyway, that thing starts at the library. You have to pick up your... Uh, scavenger hunt list there at the library and you can pick that up starting at 11 o'clock at uh, at the main library in delaware and don't forget to come out and cheer for us at the delaware parade where we're going to have our book cart brigade again this year that's right we will be out there we're uh i think we are in position 28 mm-hmm. so we will see you there we've got a great uh, book cart brigade so now we've done what we usually do at the very end of the show first so let's talk for the rest <laughs> of the show with kellen uh, Kellen, you you actually started the uh, board game collection at the library, and you have evolved it. But we have a uh, we've, we've actually like jumped into a whole new stage with the process. So mm-hmm. tell us about what we're doing differently now with the board games. So uh, when we started, I had been making little lists about each game that was out in the newest batch, so people could pick that up. And then once that list became six or seven double sided sheets of paper. Long that was a little unwieldy yeah. <laughs> to hand to somebody, so we worked on getting a, a website set up where you would be able to see information about each game 
and uh, see what all games we had in the collection, which ones were new and stuff. And then that was built on a Google site and Google sites got rid of their old ver- old classic version of it earlier this year. <laughs> and uh, we had to pivot into something else. So I worked with Nicole, who's usually here, to transition everything onto the website as it is instead of going off to some other place. Uh, Jaina, our new communication specialist, has been working tirelessly since she started yes. uh, to get the website up and running. And so now you can go to, I believe it's DelawareLibrary.org slash games or board games. I don't remember which one it is off the top of my head, <laughs> uh, but it is right on the, the front page of the website right now. Um, you can find that there and it has every game we've got. You can sort them by age range or player count or uh, a few other different this is my sort favorite settings. part of the new, mm-hmm. the new website is yeah. the being mm-hmm. able to sort them like yes. that. Because, yeah. you know, if you've got 12 people coming over for a game night, you want a different game than if it's just going to be you and uh, one other person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you've got 12 kids coming, it's a lot different than it would be if you're going to have 12 adults coming. Or if yeah. you have half an hour to play or all night to play. Yeah. So And it, we have over 160 different games in the collection. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot to have to pick through each one of them individually from the old mm-hmm. site. And so this allows you to sort out, I've got, you know, player i've got you know two players who are going to be 10 and up mm-hmm. and you can just see the things that will filter into that category and we're, we're going to be working on it some more trying to make sure it works as well as it can uh, the information is pretty sparse at the moment but uh, we'll work on uh, a few other things and some we of also that have will... links to other sites though that do really in-depth if so if you're kind of considering something but you want to know more about it there's so there's some links built into i other don't websites. believe at the moment, but we will get back to okay. that. Mm-hmm. That that was on the old the okay. old one, um, but we went with you know, player count, ages, and such for okay. the, the basic things people just are looking to get for it, the most. Just to get it right. started, mm-hmm. and then we'll start fleshing out those sites, and that will come in hand, or that will be done uh, in partnership with Megan from our Orange Branch, who's mm-hmm. now uh, also joining me on the board game team to help handle the maintenance of the collection and such so some, what mm-hmm. are some of the new games that you you're uh, you're really excited about or that you've you've played that you want to talk about so uh we have in a box in the back that i got from hobby central that isn't processed yet but there's a game called hadara that i am very interested to try myself i don't remember much about it but i saw it last year <laughs> at a convention i remember being very excited about it and uh, so we picked that one up i do it's a very interesting look to the to the game and that will be coming into the collection starting early next year uh, when the first batch goes out in 2022. Um, games that I've played recently uh, that we do have in the collection, I enjoy Parks. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one about hiking through the national parks. And, I have seen yeah. that one several times. I keep eyeing that yeah, one myself. It, it has the art from the 59 Parks uh, oh, I love it. Uh, project. And yeah. so uh, you've got a, a row mm-hmm. of things. You're moving your hikers along, collecting trees and sun and water and uh as you get to the end of the trail, you can exchange those for your memories of the different parks that you've been to. And they all have amazing, beautiful art for it. Wow. And uh, it's one of my favorite games. Um, Bosk is another one that we have in our collection at, up at Delaware. That one, you are trees. And you are... Uh, <laughs> if so, you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? Probably, I was once asked that enough, in an but, interview. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, <laughs> Uh, it's like a Google question. Uh-huh. There, but, uh, so you, you've got a board of different landscape areas, so water and a field and stuff, and you are placing your trees out onto the board, and you can only place them in certain spots. You can never have more than one in the same row or column. 
And then from there, they shed their leaves, and you're spreading them out direct on the direction of the wind, trying to clean as much of the forest as you can with your leaves. <laughs> I'm just thinking about President Trump telling us we should go out and you know sweep the forests, uh, but uh, but or poor Joyce raking our yard when I wasn't able to. So whereas I'm sitting here thinking, huh. New competition for Lloyd and I. Who can shake more uh, leaves out of a tree? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but those are some of the those are some of the games that I've I've been playing recently that I really enjoy, and uh, they're available in our collection. That's great. I just saw a new Sasquatch Sasquatch one. I'm kind of keeping my eye out for. So if we get that one in, you got to give me a heads up. You have to tell me what it is. I'm gonna have to remember the whole name. That's the whole thing. <laughs> you let me know. I can take a look. I know it was on Uncommon Goods the other day because you know cyber shopping. Yeah. Uh, But another thing we're working on is uh, since the pandemic began, the board games have been in flux for where they live at Mm -hmm. Delaware. They were on a table. They were on top of the audio books, which is where they're currently at. uh, But we're working on getting new shelving for them. So they'll have their own dedicated space by the new books at Delaware. It will be five large shelves that will give us plenty of room to have a grand, huge collection down the line. And uh, really help us to have the room to expand. And to show them off. And to show know, them there's off. nothing yeah. worse than having an impact on a tight shelf or a high shelf that you can't mm-hmm. actually reach. And yeah. Just kind of dissuade you from even wanting to look. And if you've never tried to check one of these out, you absolutely should right now. Some of my favorite family memories are like the first time Jenga came out. Talk mm-hmm. old school. I'm, I'm aging myself. But like I remember the whole family around it. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. like they're just simply building blocks that are falling over. But it was so exciting. Yep. You know, what would Cousin Leslie do here? Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and also, this is a great way to try a game before you buy it. Absolutely. You know, like, exactly. If you want yeah. to, it's uh, it's a great way to you know take it home, play it, see if it's something you think you'd want to play over and over again before you actually invest. Because they're not cheap. Oh, yeah, no. some of these are sixty to eighty dollars. Other ones are ten. But mm-hmm. right. uh, there there are some games that definitely have a higher price tag, and so they're not as accessible for anybody to just go pick up off the shelf. So I'm happy to add them into our collection, so you mm-hmm. can get them. And I have to give a big shout out to the folks in circulation and everybody yes. that, that actually check and make sure all the game pieces are back when the good thing goes out into circulation and comes back. Because, you know, you think about it, how many pieces there are in a lot of these games. And, we, yeah, we keep an inventory of how many pieces there are so we can check it. But somebody's actually got to sit there and count. Yes. Are all the playing cards here? Are all the uh, pieces that you move around the board here? And so It's like getting a puzzle with one missing piece. Yeah, right. And, and I trying to, to play yeah. a game with one missing vital yeah. piece. And I want to thank our patrons for being as good as they yes. are yeah, about true. bringing them all back. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a rare situation when we have a piece that's missing. And most of the time, they find it under the couch the next day and bring it back. So you know. The cat hit it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it our actually patrons are always great is. It. it is always the cat. She either sits on it or hides it somewhere. Well, <laughs> well, who do you blame it on if you don't have a cat? The cat? So I've been watching stories online lately about people who don't have cats who are showing you pictures of cats in their homes. Because yeah. cats just decide where they live. We don't really have a say. That's one of my favorite things. Is is this how you get a cat? This is how you get a cat. Like I, d- I woke up, walked downstairs, and saw the cat in the sink. I don't have a cat. Is this I, how you get a cat? I guess this is how you get a cat. <laughs> or the ones that come back home with notes from other people. Your cat mm-hmm. keeps coming to my house. Yeah, <laughs> on their collars. But it, even if it's not your cat. <laughs> yeah. So you still get to blame the cat. Okay. <laughs> I, w- I was thinking more along the lines of ghost cats, cats who had lived in that house previously. Yeah. That's who my cat stares at all the time is my previous cat. Okay. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Sure. 
This has nothing to do with the games. But anyway, thank you, Kellen, for the work. Sure. That. You may also know Kellen as the person who runs the Maker uh, Studio at the Delaware Library. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all of these things kind of come together in, uh, in, in this kind of creativity suite that we have. So thank you very much for your work sure. on both of those mm-hmm. areas. So uh, we have just a, a moment left. I did want to remind again about the Bargain Media Sale coming up tomorrow, 9 to 2 at Orange Branch Library. We do have a couple of book clubs. We are slowing down now as we get into the holidays. But we do have a very special uh, book club, the, the Bookbusters Book Club, which is the for the young kids. That is a registered event at the Delaware Library this coming Monday at 6 o'clock. They're going to be reading the book Nutcracked by Susan Adrian, but there's going to be a very special guest ballerina from the Arts <gasps> Castle as oh. our guest at that meet one. So come and read the book and then come and actually talk to a ballet dancer about what it is that she does. I wanted to be a ballerina, but you're supposed to remember which is your right side and your left side. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you also have to like be able to hear the music, and, and that's not one of your strong points either. You've no, told us over and over. You're supposed not to up. trip all the time yeah, either. There were a lot of rules. I had the best ballet teacher in the world, though. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Ella Hay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thank you very much, Molly, for sitting in for Nicole this morning. Anytime. I love it. And Kellen, always a pleasure to have you on the show here. And Gage, as always, a, a pleasure working with you. Thanks to our friends in the library. And we will see you in the stacks.